Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Storholt with you here alongside Ryan Fleming, and this is the Pilot's Advisor. Ryan is a financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving you worldwide. He's the author of the book, Pilot's Advisor, Why Pilots Today Need Specific Financial Advice. And you can also go to pilotsadvisor.com to watch a webinar on the academic approach to investing and uh, show you how to not speculate and gamble with your money based on Nobel Prize-winning research Go check the video out today at pilotsadvisor.com. Ryan, great to be with you on another episode. How you been, my friend? I've been great, Walter. Uh, you know, anytime I'm talking to you early, early in the morning makes for a great day. <laughs> I think we've mentioned it before on the show, but for those who don't know, behind the scenes, Ryan and I tend to record at 7 a.m. Um, definitely my earliest uh, recording. You're, you're the earliest recording client that I have, Ryan. I don't know if you want to wear that with a, as a badge of honor, but you, you're more than welcome to. Well, you know, it's it's a known fact that those that get up in the morning are more successful than those that don't. That's so right. I, That's right. Actually, it's because one of my first child, my son, goes to school so early that I'm up anyway. So yeah, that's right. You, you said the two kids have such a huge disparity of when they go to school, right? Oh, my! I have to get my son up at six a.m. and my daughter's still sleeping. So do the math. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like pretty- I mean, she's still sleeping now. Like I've already got my son off to school, breakfast, everything. I'm doing a podcast with you, and my daughter's still sleeping. So when the daughter comes in to grab cereal, is typically when you're like, "All right, we got to wrap up the podcast." Cause <laughs> that that's usually our cue, right? <laughs> well, we did we did try to have her on the podcast uh, one time, and I remember her eyes got really big, and she totally clammed up and yeah. had nothing. <laughs> yeah, especially trying to put a kid on on the spot like that at, at seven a.m. I'm sure they're they're not like the most energetic beings at seven. Uh, she normally has something to say. Oh, okay, but, all right, but just not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. Not when when push came to shove, she was like, ah, never mind. I don't want to. Yeah. Don't want to be on the mic. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, speaking of being on the mic, I thought that could be a fun little part of our conversation on today's show, Ryan. Um, it was just uh, kind of I don't know if I saw an article or something like that recently talking about musicians who have done really well, made lots of money during their careers, but how so many of them, and we've all heard the stories of various musicians, how they've really struggled perhaps with uh, various you know, investments and losing their money and how they go, go broke and all those kinds of things. But I wanted to, instead of focusing on the negative, wanted to focus on some musicians and uh, you know, kind of career folks like that who have done really well in their own planning and investing and saving, and see if we can take some lessons from them and maybe maybe apply it to our own financial lives. So we're not all going to be, um, you know, talking about turning into Jay Zs here, but uh, but but are there some lessons from the those types of you know really successful business owners who also were musicians or that kind of thing that we can apply to our our daily lives? Um, and the first one I ha- I thought of that came up was was Bono. I think there, and I did a little research, and I know you researched a couple of folks too that you're going to bring yeah, up for can I, us. Can I step in real quick? Yeah, please do. So to, this is for our listeners, but most of the time, Walter wakes me up at, or Walter doesn't wake me up, but we agree to do the show at <laughs> seven a.m. and he and he just you know throws stuff at me, and I have to react and figure it out. But to, for today's show, 
we actually discussed what we were going to talk about, and I was able to actually do a little bit of research. So this will be a little bit interesting now that rather than being put on the spot, I can actually answer a question and give you guys something that I've heard before. There, there was a little advanced warning this time around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so the first one I researched, and just in case Ryan's lying and he procrastinated, he has the chance to do some research real quick while I talk about this one. But, uh, you know, Bono, uh, net worth uh, from uh, what I found was about $600 million. And interesting, he's made as much on his forays into venture capital as he has in his music. Um, I don't know if people know this. He was a major investor in Facebook's IPO when that initially came out, and I'm sure He's done very well as that has continued to grow and become huge. Uh, back when they did their 360 tour in the uh, uh, turn of the last decade, 09, uh, 10, 11, that range, uh, that tour itself grossed $800 million, making it the biggest tour in history. Has many of um, you know other investments that he's involved with, a clothing line. Apparently, he has a five-star hotel. I've never stayed at the Bono Hotel, but um, apparently he's got a five-star hotel. I mean, the guy just... It kind of extended those tentacles out into so many different ventures and things. I think that must be where some of the lessons lie, Ryan. Well, I'm just mad that you picked Bono already when that was one <laughs> of the ones I picked. But whatever, you know, everybody <laughs> loves Bono. Does it say something about, you think, diversification maybe, um, different income streams? I mean, he, music was the base, but then he extended into all these other ideas and all these other things. Well, absolutely. And I think every one of these people that we're going to talk about, diversification is probably a piece where, you know, they have both investments and multiple income streams. Um, I don't think Bono is too reliant on any one thing. If his music career died tomorrow, he'd still be a multimillionaire forever. And I think of even professional athletes, and maybe we should do a show on this with uh, professional athletes. It's those that now they have the name recognition and they can use that to build any business successfully. That's a great point. Using that, uh, that celebrity, if you will, um, and just leveraging it in so many different ways. And uh, Bono has certainly done that. Much more of just an icon these days, even more than just a musician. Um, I, in fact, I hear a lot of people talk about how they're the most overrated band ever. Um, and that, you know, Bono is just extremely overrated. Their songs aren't even that good. But yet here he is laughing his way to the bank every single day. Well, it, it, exactly. And like uh, my, my wife is a big Dave Matthews fan. And the reason why she loves Dave, Dave is because you could go to any concert that Dave has and they're totally different. He just jams out. Right. And she loves that. And she hates that Kenny Chesney is so scripted. But who has built, I mean, they're, they're both obviously very successful, but Kenny Chesney's playing for 80,000 fans at stadiums every single time and doing multiple shows a year. And you want to talk about making money, having a system in place and, and, and doing it. Have you ever wanted to learn more about the academic approach to investing and saving and planning for retirement that Ryan talks about here on The Pilot's Advisor? Well, if so, go visit pilotsadvisor.com pilotsadvisor.com. You can watch a quick webinar on the academic approach to investing. It'll show you how not to speculate and gamble with your money. It's all based on Nobel Prize winning research. It only takes about 10 minutes to get through the video and watch it. going to be worth your time, I promise you. Go check it out right now, pilotsadvisor.com. It's a webinar that covers that academic approach to investing, pilotsadvisor.com. All right, back to the show. All right, what, what, what did your research turn up? Well, my research turned up Bono, but since you took that one, I have another one. 
See, I'm I'm gonna go first next time. Okay, all right. Because then I could have done my Bono, and then you'd have you'd be scrambling. Well, maybe I'll give you two in a row, and then you might you might steal my second one. So there you go. Okay, well I'll try this year. So one of the ones I came up with, I I grew up in the era of listening to some of the hip hop. I grew up in Cincinnati, and uh, you know, of course, back then it was Tupac and and what's his name, Big, Biggie Smalls. Biggie, yeah, and of course, sadly, you know, their their careers were ended, you know, too soon. Um, so it got me thinking of another rapper, and it was Sean Puffy Combs, uh, Puff Daddy, P Diddy, Diddy, and. <laughs> it got, is the lesson that he's had more more names than anybody else? Well, I don't know. Sno- Snoop Dogg would give him a good run for his money, right? Because oh, I should I totally should have done Snoop. I mean, Snoop, see, Snoop Lion now is that what it is? Yeah, I, to- <laughs> I totally should have done Snoop. He'd work too. But anyway, I looked it up, and because I thought that you know P Diddy was kind of the first rapper to truly build an empire, where he's just got his hands in so many different things. And I found out that his net worth was five hundred forty million, which was less than Bono but still pretty successful. Um, and when I start thinking about all the stuff that I know that he does, uh, I know what he's got a clothing line named Sean John. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember how popular Sean John was back, uh, in what, middle school, high school. It seemed like a ton of kids had that. Yeah. And I, I didn't know this, but he owns his own cable music network. Really? Did you know okay. that? I did not know that. No. Yeah. And then he owns a piece of uh, what? Uh, there's a vodka company that he's a part owner. And do you know what that one was? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know my alcohols very well. But Siroc, Siroc, is that how yeah. it is? Somebody's laughing at us now for not. Yeah. Knowing so he that, he owns a piece of that, much like Bono was involved in in Facebook. <laughs> and then like so, his music business. I found this figure. It only accounts for about twenty percent of his revenue. Wow, that's fascinating, isn't it? Only twenty. Yeah. You, you get a name, and then you can take that and run with it. So, and, and what I got from this, you know, I think, once again, diversification is something I think about. But also investing in staples and not just fads. I, I think you watch a lot of singers or professional athletes, you know, dump their money in business ventures that are like, why did you do that? But um, for Diddy, you know, a clothing line, obviously people, you know, the way he dressed, the way he moved and stuff like that, people already like. So he went with the clothing line. I don't know anybody that listens to music that drinks alcohol, but <laughs> yeah, the two don't go hand in hand very well. Kind of. Well, yeah, so I just you know I thought that was kind of intelligent. No different than uh, the UFC fighter Conor McGregor. Okay, you know he started going with an Irish whiskey line. I thought that was super intelligent. But anyway, uh, so for what it means, it like investing tried and true strategies. You know, not getting caught up in fads like Bitcoin or GameStop. I think are a good conversation to have right now. But investing in blue chips, long-term planning, stuff like that, I think that that Puffy kind of went down that road versus, you know, certain fads. And uh, I don't know. Bitcoin, Puffy Combs. Puffy Bitcoin, Combs is the one I came up with. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. would have worked out better than uh, having invested in Beanie Babies, at least. But uh. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I, I've been asked a lot about bit, Bitcoin lately. And it's like, yeah, well, of course, you, you own a little bit of that in your portfolio. And people are like, well... Wouldn't it have been amazing if 10, you know, 10 years ago or whenever Bitcoin started that we put all this money in it? And the funny part about Bitcoin is it's been so all over the map that even if you bought it, you would have lost all your money back in the day or emotionally you would have sold out at some point after you lost you know, 98% of your investment. So the chances of you actually holding on were probably like 2% maybe. Yeah, Tr- truly the people that have held on for that long probably just forgot that they had bought some and then all of a sudden have been woken up to the fact that, oh, yeah, I did buy some. But they're, they're the people that you're hearing the stories about, but they lost the key or whatever it is. They lost <laughs> yeah. the, the code and now they can't get into their 
you know, tens of millions of dollars that they would have made on the investment. Yeah, they, they own it, but they don't know where it's at. <laughs> and <I'm> not... <laughs> and that right there is one flaw in that whole plan. So Well, uh, and that goes back to the financial junk drawer we're always talking about. If you don't have your stuff consolidated and know where it's at, that could happen. Bitcoin, there you go. That's a perfect what, example. The one costly junk drawer, that's for sure. Well, hey there. We hope you're enjoying listening to The Pilot's Advisor today. Just wanted to take a quick moment from the show to remind you that if you have any questions ever about what Ryan talks about on the program, need any assistance with your financial planning, need some guidance to get to and through retirement, or whatever financial questions might be on your mind, don't ever hesitate to reach out. The simple way to get in touch with Ryan is to pick up the phone and call or text 843-475-3038. Again, that's 843-475-3038. You can also find Ryan online at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. And as always, we put contact information to get in touch with Ryan in the description or the show notes section of the program. So just check it out on whatever app you're using, and it's easy to get in touch with Ryan. All right, now back to the show. All right, uh, I, I said I'd let you go two in a row. Who is, uh, who's your second person? All right, um... I actually had a couple, but I think I'm going to go with Dolly Parton. Oh, that, see, that was going to be mine. I was going to say Dolly. Well, it's funny, though, because you start thinking about this, and there's a lot of you know people that you think are like, oh, I like, I like them, but then certain ones just jump out at you as being very, very successful. I'm going to turn it back on you a little bit, Walter, since you thought about Dolly Parton as well. Why, what makes you think about Dolly Parton? Why is she so successful? Besides you know, the factor of time. I mean, she's been around for a long, long time. Well, that's part of what's interesting about this one because I didn't really know much about, you know, Dolly Parton just because I was born in 87 and I feel like that was probably what 80 late 80s was kind of the twilight of her of her main career maybe, maybe a little into the 90s, but by the time I was really music aware, I didn't really know much about Dolly Parton at all. I thought she, I I had no sense for really what her impact on music was for a long time. But we actually just recently, and it wasn't the first time, but we recently were just outside uh, eastern Tennessee. We went for a little mountain trip a couple of weeks ago, and although we didn't go there specifically to see um, you know, Dollywood, we were right on the edge of it, and so it reminded me of Dolly Parton, and when we were out there, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. She has a friggin' uh, amusement park in yeah. <laughs> East Tennessee, and we actually have stayed in a Dollywood-branded cabin before uh, several years ago, mm-hmm. at least part of their, 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 their company name, I guess. So we've been part of the Dollywood empire, having stayed at one of their cabins one time before. So I, I just happened to think of her a couple of weeks ago when we were out in the mountains. Well, what made me think of her was, first of all, we did that drive down 75 many times trying to head to the beach. And so we always kind of went through Pigeon Forge. And that was a place where yep. where I grew up, people kind of went down there and visited. So I knew Dolly, yep. definitely knew the name Dolly Parton. But, that that um, whole Knoxville to Gatlinburg yeah. kind of corridor. Yeah, exactly. And But what made me really think about her, you know, she's obviously reinvented herself, you know, multiple times. But I was watching the Super Bowl um, a few weeks back. And they were doing the whole special on, you know, um, how amazing Whitney Houston was and how, you know, she probably did the, the best ever um, Super Bowl tribute to the national anthem. And so I was watching that. And then it started talking about, you know, uh, Whitney Houston being so, so famous for the way she's saying, I will always love you. You know, and I was like, God, Whitney had like one of the best voices ever. But I didn't know it that Dolly Parton actually wrote that song and that she's wrote thousands of songs. So she yeah. actually wrote that song, which became like one of the best-selling singles of all time, and uh, it it just made you start to go, 
well, what Dolly's in, like behind a lot of things. Yeah, kind of the brains behind the operation, if you will, in many regards. One of those people that, yeah, she had her performance side, but also was the brains behind so many other things. And then, and then founded the the amusement park. Of course, you talk about diversification being a common thread through all of these. That was certainly something kind of out of left field a little bit, but has certainly done her well over the years as it then gave her the chance to have performances and lean even more into the music side and the, the performative side of things. So it made me, th- and I actually wrote this down because I was like, okay, what is it about Dolly that really, you know, from a financial perspective that I think is just something to learn or what's amazing. And so I wrote this down. So the lesson for us is patience. Dolly came from humble beginnings. She worked really hard, obviously, And she slowly built her success over time. I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. And so, you know, if you're, I talked to somebody that's on the brink of retirement and they've prepared well for retirement, you probably didn't just start saving yesterday. I mean, this is something that didn't appear overnight. You had a plan and you started, you know, early and putting money away, coming, coming up with ideas. And so I think her success, it's more of a representation of, you know, years of hard work, saving and patience. And so the lesson I would say also to to investors is, you know, if you've done all that work, you've done those years of saving right before retirement's not the time to, you know, start gambling, speculating and gambling with your money and picking different stocks. And I actually see that going on a a lot right now where and pilots in general are, you know, getting really, really greedy and wanting to get these crazy returns when since March you could have picked anything and done well, but it's given people that confidence that, oh, I know how to stock pick. I can do this. And I, I think it's people are setting themselves up for failure versus doing that long-term, patient, diligent, you know, long-term investing that you want to keep doing and definitely not start to speculate and gamble right before retirement. Yeah. Some of us may do it really well, the the, the picking and the guessing for a little while, But uh, it's interesting when you kind of run maybe like a parallel account and and the research shows this, Ryan, but it's kind of interesting to do a little bit of that stock picking and then compare it to an account that is more systematic in its approach and is just using time and patience and consistency. Interesting after a couple of years to see where the two are and often (laughs) that one that's just been that tortoise, right? That just plugging along and being well-disciplined, not the hare, ends up being further ahead and kind of winning the race versus the hare that's bouncing around going all at different rates and that kind of thing. So, Well, and and I think that's a great way to end this show because it's speaking near and dear to me right now with, with some people out there. And that's the, you know, you should really focus on consistently hitting singles and doubles. And if you if you're running that side account and you're only looking at a, a short term picture, you know that side account where you're stock picking and you're basically trying to swing for the fences. You may you may hit a couple home runs, especially in the short term. But if you keep doing it, you're going to strike out too. And if it worked over the long term, we'd all be doing it. But it doesn't work over the long term, and so you need to be very very careful about what you're doing with your your retirement assets. Big difference in striking out with your fund money, though, and striking out with your life savings. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have some fund money on the side, but don't let those short-term successes drive what you're doing with your you know, long-term retirement assets. It's a great point, as always, Ryan. Uh, hopefully, this was fun for you to listen to today, and maybe you learned some about some of these musicians that you didn't know before. I know Ryan and I certainly did researching some of these, and I'm sure there are many more that we could bring up and talk about, obviously, more successful musicians out there. But just a couple of good examples on the show today. 
If you want to talk about some of these lessons or go over your own financial plan with Ryan, you can set up that time to chat very easily. Go to FlemingFG.com to get in touch or email Ryan at FlemingFG.com. Or you can call or even shoot Ryan a text if you want to start the conversation that way. 843-475-3038 is the number. And we'll put all the contact info in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. Ryan, thanks for the help on today's program. We'll talk to you again on the next episode. As always, Walter, I appreciate it, and you have a good rest of your day. You do as well. That's Ryan Fleming. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on The Pilot's Advisor. You've been listening to The Pilot's Advisor, featuring Ryan Fleming, a financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving clients worldwide, but based out of Charleston, South Carolina. If you have any questions for Ryan on what we've talked about on today's show, maybe a future topic idea, or want to talk more about getting a complimentary review of your financial plan, here's the best ways to get in touch. You can go online to the website, FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. You can also email Ryan. It's simply Ryan at FlemingFG.com. Or you can call or text to get in touch. 843-475-3038 is the number. That's 843-475-3038. Thanks for listening to The Pilot's Advisor. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and many more locations. So whatever app you like to use, search for The Pilot's Advisor Podcast today and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.